Today, I would like to talk about angels. And there are all sorts of ideas and concepts in the world concerning what angels are, what they do, and where they come from. So before we get too far, let's just ask the simple question, what are angels? What are angels? This verse in Hebrews, I I think, breaks it down quite succinctly. In a conversation about angels, we find this in Hebrews 1.14. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? So if we want to break that down, put it into a a bite-sized chunk, We could say angels are spirit beings from heaven that help God's people. Now, while that statement is a true statement, it's a fairly basic one, right? And I realize that there are numerous types of angels that look and act differently, but that's another sermon for another time. Today, I'd like to move forward and just ask another basic question. What do angels do? What do angels do? There are a litany of things that they do, but today I'd like to focus on three of them. Three of them. First, angels deliver messages from God. Second, Angels offer protection to those in danger. And third, angels can bring about deliverance to those in need. Now, this deliverance can be physical, emotional, or spiritual deliverance. Angels are powerful, as we're about to see. So let's spend a little bit of time looking at each of these three specific things. First, let's look at some biblical examples of angels as messengers. Angels as messengers. In Genesis 18, God sent three angelic messengers to Abraham to warn him about the destruction that was soon to befall the wicked cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. But there was a blessing in this visit too because it was also in this conversation that Abraham and Sarah learned that they would have a son. This was that infamous time when Sarah laughed. that's, That's this story. In Daniel chapter 10, Daniel was given a vision of the future. He was shown what would happen to God's people in the latter days. And Daniel became so sorrowful at the vision that he became speechless and lost all his strength. But the angel touched him, encouraged him, and strengthened him. If you move on to the New Testament, you see at the, in the opening chapters of, of Matthew and the opening chapters of Luke, 
You find that angels delivered messages to Zacharias, to Joseph, to Mary, the mother of Jesus, and to also those lowly shepherds in a field. And these angels delivered good tidings of great joy. Then in the final book of the Bible, an angel appears to John on the lowly Isle of Patmos. And he delivers the visions that will become the book that we know as Revelation. And further on in chapter 14, we find the three last messages that will be delivered to mankind before Christ's second coming. So those are just a few examples of angels as messengers. But angels also serve as protectors. So if you have your Bibles, you have your phones, wherever your Bible might be, we are going to turn to a number of verses. I will have a few verses on the screen as well, but we're also going to be looking at some specific things in the Bible. So in Genesis chapter 3, this, as many of you are aware of, is one of the saddest chapters in the Bible. This chapter gives us the story of the fall of mankind. There's the, the temptation, there's the disobedience, and the eventual kicking out of humankind from the Garden of Eden. But at the very end of that chapter, verse 24, it says this. So he drove out the man and he placed cherubim, that's a type of angel, at the east of the Garden of Eden and a flaming sword which turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. Now, it's, it's clear from reading this verse that the angel was serving as a protector specifically to the garden and the tree of life. But I would submit to you that this was also for our protection, for humankind's protection. Because we know that tree and the garden gave eternal life. But mankind had sinned. And could you imagine sinful human beings being able to live for all of eternity? As we go through life and we encounter sin and we experience the negative effects of it, it leaves scars. And I know that many of you that are a little bit older, you have a lot of scars to show. Can you imagine an eternity of not only receiving those scars, but dealing with all the pain and suffering and baggage that those scars represent. I believe this barring from the, the garden of mankind was for our protection as well. And then if we look forward to Genesis 19, just a few chapters ahead of where we are there in chapter 3, Genesis 19, we, we find the story of Lot. And these angel messengers who visited Abraham in the preceding chapter, 
They've now made it to the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. And Lot invites them into his home, and then the wicked men of the city come knocking. And they want to abuse and dominate these new strangers. And they attack Lot, and they attempt to break down his door. But the angels protect him. They, they pull him into his home. They shut the door, and the, the, the wicked people of the city are stricken with blindness. Genesis 19, verse 16, it says this. And while he lingered, the men took hold of his hand, his wife's hand, and the hands of his two daughters, and the Lord being merciful to him. And they brought him out and set him outside the city. So there's some protection offered to Lot and his family, and they flee. And the angels protect them as they make their way to a small nearby city. And God holds off judgment until Lot is safe. So if you look at verses 22 and 23, it says, hurry, escape there, for I cannot do anything until you arrive there. Therefore, the name of the city was called Zoar. The sun had risen upon the earth when Lot entered Zoar. Then the Lord rained brimstone and fire on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. Angels offer protection. And then there's Psalm 91. Psalm 91, this beautiful chapter that is all about protection. But I specifically want to look at verses 9 through 12. Psalm 91, verses 9 through 12, it says, Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling, for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent. You shall trample underfoot. So right there in the, the middle of this chapter that is all about God's protection is this, this line about angels coming and helping and aiding in that protection. And then we have an example in 2 Kings. 2 Kings chapter 19. And I want to read verses 29 through 36. Second Kings 19, 29 through 36. The Bible says, This shall be a sign to you. You shall eat this year such as grows of itself, and in the second year what springs from the same. Also in the third year sow and reap, plant vineyards and eat the fruit of them. And the remnant who have escaped of the house of Judah shall again take root downward and bear fruit upward. From out of Jerusalem shall go a remnant, and those who escape from Mount Zion, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Therefore, thus says the Lord concerning the king of Assyria, 
He shall not come into this city, nor shoot an arrow there, nor come before it with shield, nor build a siege mound against it. By the way that he came, by the way, by the same shall he return. And he shall not come into this city, says the Lord. For I will defend this city to save it, for my own sake and for my servant David's sake. And it came to pass on a certain night that the angel of the Lord went out and killed in the camp of the Assyrians 185,000. And when people arose early in the morning, there were the corpses all dead. So Sennacherib, king of Assyria, departed and went away, returned home, and remained at Nineveh. So God made a promise of protection, and an angel came from God and meted out that protection. Now, we've also got examples of angels as deliverers. So flip back just a couple chapters to 2 Kings chapter 6. We'll look at verses 8 through 18. This was one of my favorite stories when I was a child. 2 Kings chapter 6, starting at verse 8. Now the king of Syria was making war against Israel, and he consulted with his servants, saying, My camp will be in such and such a place. And the man of God sent to the king of Israel, saying, Beware that you do not pass this place, for the Syrians are coming down there. Then the king of Israel sent someone to the place of which the man of God had told him. Thus he warned him, and he was watchful there, not just once or twice. Therefore the heart of the king of Syria was greatly troubled by this thing. And he called his servants and said to them, Will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. So he said, Go and see where he is, that I may send and get him. And it was told him, saying, Surely he is in Dothan. Therefore he, went, he sent horses and chariots and a great army there, and they came by night and surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots, and his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So he answered, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. So when the Syrians came down to him, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, Strike this people, I pray, with blindness. And he struck them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. Enemies came, they tried to kidnap Elisha. He needed to be delivered. And God sent an army of angels to deliver him. Looking in the New Testament, Acts chapter 12. Acts chapter 12, verses 5 through 10. We find something, a circumstance that the disciples of Jesus were starting to get used to. And that was finding themselves behind bars. Acts chapter 12, verses 5 through 10, it says, Peter was therefore kept in prison, 
but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. And when Herod was about to bring him out, that night Peter was sleeping, bound with chains between two soldiers, and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. Peter needed deliverance. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him and a light shone in the prison and he struck Peter on the side and raised him up saying, arise quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. Then the angel said to him, gird yourself and tie on your sandals. And so he did. And he said to him, put on your garment and follow me. So we went out and followed him and did not know that what was done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. When they were past the first and the second guard post, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened to them of its own accord. And they went out and went down one street, and immediately the angel departed from him. Peter needed deliverance, and God sent an angel. In Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11, we find the story of Jesus after his baptism, the Bible says that he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, and he was tempted by the enemy. Not once, not twice, but three times. And Jesus was fasting. He was exhausted and, and weak, but he stood strong against temptation. But at the end of the confrontation, the enemy leaves, and then we find this verse, verse 11. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. Jesus was physically, mentally, and spiritually exhausted. But angels came to his aid to strengthen and deliver him. And then there's this beautiful verse in Matthew 16, 27 looking ahead to the future. Matthew 16, 27, these are red letters in my Bible. These are from the mouth of Jesus, where he said, for the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. So this is the second coming, right? We're getting that, 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 we're finally going to experience the fruition of that free gift. No more sin, no more suffering. But it's not just Jesus coming to deliver us, but he's bringing those angels with him as well. And yet another curious verse is found in the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse two. Do not forget to entertain strangers, for by doing so, some have unwittingly entertained angels. Who? Now this will get your holy imagination rolling. We're reminded to be helpful and to serve others. A needy guest, the author implies, may be someone more in God's eyes. So the opportunity shouldn't be missed or taken for granted. But I wanna ask some questions here. Could the opposite also be true? Angels deliver messages from God. They, they offer protection to those in danger. They, they offer deliverance to those in need. 
But aren't we able to do some of those same things in God's name? Could we be an angel of sorts to others? I believe we can. Because I believe if we are open to God's leading, we can be somebody's angel. Has someone ever been a proverbial angel to you? Has someone ever been your answer to prayer? I know I've experienced this. In fact, I experienced this right here, right this week. The start of this week was really hard for me. I felt exhausted. I felt overwhelmed. Just overall, blech. I think that many of you can probably relate to this. And being a pastor isn't easy. But thanks to social media, we pastors have groups where we can get together and talk about some of the difficulties that we face in ministry in a private place with, with other men and women that, that, that understand, that, that get it. And as I shared, one of my colleagues wrote out a prayer of encouragement for me. In part of this prayer, he wrote asking that God would send a similar angelic rescue team to me as he sent to Jesus after his temptations in the wilderness. God answered that prayer. And he answered it through many of you that are right here in this room today and many of you that are watching online at home. So I I just wanna pause for a second and just say thank you. To those of you that randomly just, you know, shot me a text this week or made that phone call or, or left that voicemail or spent time talking with me in person or invited me into your home, you know who you are. Thank you for being an answer to prayer or for playing the role of God's angelic rescue team this week. We never know how God may use our words and actions. So in closing, I'd like to read these words from Jesus. They're found in Matthew 25, verses 34 through 40. Matthew 25, 34 through 30. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, come, you blessed of my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, When did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and we gave you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. When we are in need, maybe God will send literal spiritual beings from heaven to deliver messages to us or to protect us or to deliver us. 
But maybe he will send us help in the form of spirit-filled humans to encourage and lift us up. And maybe, just maybe, God wants to use you, dear friends, to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Stay connected with him because you never know when you might be called to be a part of his angelic rescue team. God may use you to deliver help in time of need. Amen and amen.